0: Hello, and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. This is Matt Halloran, as always. And today we've got Shauna Mace. Now, I just met Shauna a little while ago. We met online, which everybody does, no matter what their relationships are nowadays. We met through LinkedIn, and she is a growth consultant, certified high-performance coach to financial professionals, and founder of Inspire Growth. And I wanted to bring her on the show. And you guys might say, hold on a second, she's like a sales coach. And she is, but she does it in the way that's entirely in line with our philosophy here at Proudmouth. So, Shauna, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm really excited
0: to be here. All right, here's the first question I ask everybody: I, I want to know your story. How did you get to start Inspire Growth?
1: yeah it's funny i actually started as someone who really had a visceral reaction negative reaction to sales so it's kind of blows my own mind that i'm here and, and we're going to be talking about sales so i started 16 years ago in financial services i went to school outside of philadelphia and i actively in career fairs actively avoided any sales job And i ended up getting a marketing role, which I was really excited about, an RA firm, which again is probably pretty unique. So it was a smaller firm. They were managing right around 200, maybe million, $225 million when I joined. And my role was really to help around development, help to produce content and help them grow. Again, I was straight out of college, this is 16 years ago. And over uh, the course of eight years, I learned so much. I ended up wearing a lot of different hats, like most people do at RA firms, and really started to be more involved in kind of driving a lot of the development. It was a lot of marketing at the time. We weren't really taking action on the development and kind of getting our hands dirty there. So I started to step into that. So eight years in, I uh, was really like, I, I want to learn how to be a better marketer. And it's hard to do anything when it's just you at a firm. We would do study groups and that was helpful, but I really wanted to be around people who were better at marketing than I was. I was still kind of kind of in some ways actively avoiding sales at this point. So I joined, I ended up joining FS Investments, which is an alternative asset manager in Philadelphia in the marketing department. Nine months in, one of the leadership, someone in senior leadership came to me and said, Shauna, we really want to diversify our distribution efforts. They've been focused on broker dealer channel only. And we really want to expand into the REA channel. You have the most experience at the firm in the channel. It was an incredible opportunity to one, build out to a channel that I really believed it and understood. So I was so excited. I drink the RA Kool-Aid. You can't work at an RA firm for eight years and not drink the Kool-Aid. So I was so excited to help build out this business. And what it ended up affording me is this really unique opportunity to be not only doing marketing, but business strategy and actually doing sales. Like I, I ended up, we were building out a sales team a specific sales team for the channel, and they hadn't hired any wholesalers or any internals. And so I was covering conferences. I wasn't covering phones, the phones, but that's largely because they didn't have clients yet in the RA channel, but I was covering conferences and I was really like boots on the ground. And I ended up by largely by force, kind of starting to learn. And I was trained in consultative sales. I ended up, they ended up asking me to manage the, what they called the institutional internal desk, which was the internal salespeople that covered the RA channel. So I learned how to coach, really refined my own sales skills and ended up running, Eventually running the sales strategy and analytics team, which is really like a sales operations team where we were supporting the 100 plus person sales organization, all the leadership in not just the strategy, but the execution, the alignment with marketing, really like how do you sell? How does a large organization sell? I absolutely fell in love with sales wow. it's so funny i i actively avoided it and it's funny sometimes that happens you end up falling in love with it and then i started inspired growth really because i love working with advisors i love working with small business owners and i was really excited to take all of this learning that i had acquired over the past 16 years and bring it and translate it to these smaller practices
0: gotcha Now, something just happened. And and one of my favorite things in the world is when somebody shares with me what happens right before we podcast. Because one, it's top of mind. Two, you still have some emotions surrounding it. So let's talk about what you just did with one of your clients right before we started recording.
1: Yeah, absolutely. One of my... They were actually my first client. This is a, a healthcare fintech startup. They have a big pitch to, to pitch their hedge fund to a group of founder investors. This is the first time they have pitched the hedge fund, really great opportunity for them. They're gonna be, they're actually sitting in the room right now with six plus in that potential investors And, you know, what we did yesterday, we ran through, we actually did a pitch practice and we spent two hours together uh, on a Zoom where we had gone through the deck. I've helped them develop all of their material over, over the past year and a half, but really we were going through and I was coaching them on how do you deliver this? And there's obviously when you're standing in front of a potential investor and you're looking to raise millions and millions of dollars, there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of nerves. Now, none of these people are traditional, they wouldn't call themselves salespeople or development people, There's, they're very technical. So we have um, someone who's an AI, one of the top AI engineers in the world. We have someone who's really doing financial operations. And then there was someone who's really managing like a quant strategy, right? So these are not, these are technical people. And it was a blast. So we literally were role-playing. We're getting, they're getting on as if they were presenting it. We were going through each slide and I was giving, I mean, I'll, they largely nailed the story. They know their stuff. It was really about refining the delivery okay. and when to ask questions and when to check in with the audience. Like, how do you make it a conversation instead of a presentation? I, I can't wait to hear how it went. I have a really good feeling. they 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 were well-prepared.
0: There's a lot to unpack there, and in, in something that drives has driven me crazy for a long time in this industry is how advisors take for granted role-playing, how they don't practice, but they're experts or professionals. What do you do with that? I mean, how do you do role plays without them coming across as being corny or unmotivating or not realistic? Break that down a little bit, Shauna.
1: Yeah, yeah. If anyone could see me, I'm nodding my head very actively over here. Cause I agree. It's I mean, it the sales is skill is like a muscle. You got to develop it. And the best way to do it is to practice. So for role plays, and I do role plays with clients, and it's really effective. And not just, I mean, certainly role plays for meetings that are coming up, but also practicing skills or really practicing their mess their own messaging. Like I can't tell you how many advisors want every advisor I have ever talked to. Feels like they need to work on their messaging Mm -hmm. and they spend a lot of time refining refining and i'm like the most important part of the process is to go out there and road test it like try it out because it might sound different than the words on the paper and that's okay and you got you have to make it yours and so when we do role playing uh, i have had advisors who have been able to send me actual calls which Is amazing, and not everyone can do that. But if you can, that is the absolute best way to do coaching that I know of. That's how I did it when I was managing the sales desk. I would listen to calls, and we would actually work through together. And we'd always come always would come out with like, "What's the one thing we're working on? One thing, not ten things, but one thing." So when we role play, though, so obviously I've been in the industry a long time, so I put myself in the shoes of whatever whoever they're ideal client is or whoever that meeting's with and I'll ask them for some guidance up front like what is one what is your objective right what are you trying to accomplish and tell me a little bit about like if I don't know the audience well like give me a little back give me a little background and then I'm on the audience and they're the advisor and we we literally walk through it together and oftentimes we go through the whole kind of thing and then we download together we I'll provide I'll first ask them what do you think What do you think? How do you think that went? I'm interested to hear what they picked up on because that's probably in some ways almost more important than what I picked up on. And then I will typically coach around, again, focusing on specific skills. I'm not going to give them 10,000 things to work on. It's overwhelming, but focusing on like one or two things. And then we practice it again, focusing on those one or two things, really one thing. And so usually it's the role play might happen two or three times and then we take a break from it. Uh, they go, they're they supposed to go practice it on their own with someone else or in a real-life situation, ideally. And I'm interested to hear how it went. And again, if they feel like they need to continue to, to develop those skills, we need to continue to practice. That's how we get better. But it really is identifying when it comes to developing sales skill, it's one, understanding the fundamentals of that skill, and then applying it, getting feedback, and continuing to apply it until you get to a point where you feel good and it's working.
0: What are the fundamentals? I mean, well, you just really opened a can of worms. We're going to, we're going to chase this one. I'm mixing my metaphors. Of course, I do that all the time on this podcast, but what are the sales fundamentals in your mind?
1: Oh gosh. There's, it depends, it's situational, but I would say at the very basic level, like one of the most important things is listening. Listening, there are multiple levels of listening, right? We tend to be kind of stick to this first level, which is active listening with our own agendas in our mind, right? We kind of know what we want to accomplish. And so we're listening, but we're listening with ourselves in the center of the universe still. And if you're looking to connect with someone, if you're looking to really understand and read between the lines, which, by the way, that's what people want, because they can tell, they can feel that. I actually have had, I've had someone, someone who would be considered a very large institutional buyer or or prospect say to me, literally, she said, I felt like he, like, we didn't talk about anything I expected. We didn't talk about the product. We didn't talk about the service. It's like he was, like, taking it to where I wanted didn't even know I wanted it to go he was reading between the lines. And that happens when you drop your agenda and you really hone in and are like 100% with that person. And that is not something that many of us one do and certainly don't practice. I I actually did a sales tip video on this. There's three levels. That's the second level. And the third level would be like truly full body listening, like trusting your, your intuition going there, asking the questions, like checking them. Like, I, I hear you saying this, but I get the sense there's something else going on. Like really trusting your intuition, which is our most powerful sales skill as humans. So it's listening with your, with all your senses. I would just say, start practicing. Like if anything, start there with the listening. And then the follow-up to listening would be asking open-ended questions. And that tees you up to listen.
0: As a therapist, one one of the things that we were taught how to practice listening, and a lot of people don't know how to actually practice that. So one of the best things that we found to do is to go into, a, so, now that we can not go into social situations again, Shauna, and I'm really looking forward to this because I really personally enjoy this. But you, you go with somebody else, husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, friend, doesn't matter. It needs to be somebody close to you. And what you do is you sit on the other side of the room and you try to listen to a person's conversation from another table or a couple of tables over. And both of you take notes. Oh,
1: I love that.
0: You're not saying anything. So I don't have to interrupt with, I'm listening to to ask you the next question. I'm actually listening to listen. And being able to just do that is such a, first off, it's fascinating because then you get to compare notes and it's a lot of fun. But you're going against the grain, Shauna, and you know this, which is why I wanted you to be on the show, because that sales training 101 is never ask a question you don't know the answer to, and they're all supposed to be leading questions. Why do you think that that's such a load of hooey nowadays?
1: Yeah, it's such a load of hooey. I mean, God, it's disrespectful. It's like sales, any decision is based on largely on trust, right? It's based on need. There has to be a need that they believe you can meet but they also have to trust that you're going to fulfill that solution or that on that need. Trust is human connection. The first thing about sales is connecting with the person. If they don't trust you, they're not going to work with you. Or even if they do choose to work with you, they likely aren't going to stay with you. Yeah, I think that that's just really ill-informed information. It's At the end of the day, and I know most advisors have gotten in the industry because they want to have impact. If you want to have impact, it starts with listening. And that's going to very quickly build that rapport and get you to the information that you really need to know in order to really have impact with your clients.
0: A lot of times, and you and I talked about this before, and, and by the way, I'm just going to interject this because this is important. Please follow Shauna. We're going to have her link to her LinkedIn profile and her website, uh, and please go there. She's got these video tips, and they're they're great. They're short. They're easy. They're going to blow your mind because she's forcing you through these little video snippets to rethink very rote behaviors that all of you have i mean if you went through a lot of people started in insurance Johnny. that already the cold calling got a call 100 dials a day blah 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 that's the sort of stuff that that a lot of people grew or really cut their teeth on and they hate that so they don't want to do that again and because of that it permeates through how they sell but when you listen and you really listen, and you ask open-ended questions, and you don't have a necessarily an agenda. You have time limit, but you have you don't have an agenda. They're going to sell themselves. Is is that a fair statement? Have you found that?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you definitely. It's it's really it's a, ultimately the goal of the listening is to uncover, connect one, and two to uncover the needs. Now. There may be needs that they're aware of. There are oftentimes needs they're not aware of. And that's your job to help guide them there and to help them acknowledge those needs and help them understand how you can help solve those needs. Or maybe you can. If you can't, then hopefully you have a way to help point them in the right direction. I mean, that's being truly consultative yeah, and, and really supporting them and
0: helping them. Messaging is wildly important. One of the neat things that happens when our advisors are podcasting with us is our co-host will ask them a question in a way that is maybe just a little bit different. So this is their practice, right? And in fact, we pitch that often that every time you're on a show, it's just really practicing for game time because game time is when you're in front of a client or a prospect, right? This is going to help you hone your language. Like you're talking about when somebody gets it. So when you're practicing and role-playing with somebody you can hear when they connect with the message, can't you?
1: Absolutely. It's like they embody it, like they believe it. And I think that's important. It's not, it really isn't just the words we say, it's the way we say it. It's the stories we tell to actually say it. I think there is a true, there's like this energy. I didn't. actually wrote an article on this and I'm like, this is probably going to be too woo-woo for an industry, but I'm going to go there anyway. Yeah. There really is an energy. I, I believe that. Like there's a true, if you believe something and you really feel passionately about it, you can tell the difference between that and the messaging about even just if you're in, sitting with someone, they can see it on your face. They can see it in your body. Even if you're on the phone though, they can hear it in the tone of your voice. Yep. And that is around, that's how you influence. That's how you sell about being genuine. And people talk about being vulnerable and authentic. And it's about believing what you're saying passionately. That's the secret. And that is what, I, in my mind at least, that's what being authentic is. It's owning your story, owning your truth, and being willing to go there.
0: When I warm up the guests for the show... I have a video that does this now, but one of the things that I say is, Ernest Hemingway said, if I'm not crying when I'm writing it, they're not crying when they're reading it. And I want you to, I don't, all of you deal with people crying all the time, and we know that, Sean, I know that. It's impossible to be in this industry or really be an expert who's providing really detailed advice when there isn't emotions involved. Yeah. You really have to understand that your intention, that intentional energy, if you're checked out because you're thinking about, Something that's gonna happen after work, they know you're checked out, man. That's just the situation, right? And trying to be present. I interviewed a guy for our other podcast, his name is Kelly Cardenius, and he said to me, Matt, I try to be a hundred percent available in wherever I am at that time, right? So right now I'm a hundred percent with you, and when I get done with you, I'm gonna to try to be hundred percent with somebody else. And that living that life with intention, I know a lot of advisors, Shauna, who are listening to this are like, yeah, I'm like 50% sometimes, right? Right. Michael Jordan wasn't 50%, right? LeBron James wasn't 50%. The greatest athletes of all times, the greatest inventors of all times, they were 100% all the time. Now, you talk a lot about the mind shift that needs to happen that sales is inherently bad. Can you go there for me, please?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when I think about the hierarchy of sales success or really growth, it really starts with mindset. Absolutely foundational. I can't tell you, I was on the, I was on a call with a, a big prospect last week and it was a group of five advisors. They've all been very successful in their own right. One of them said to me, and they were talking about some sales coaching. And one of them said to me, we just suck at sales. Like it's just what it is. And I'm like, yet you help your clients, you influence your clients' decisions, you help them avoid bad decisions and make better ones, you're selling. You're selling every single day. I think the big shift I hope that I can help advisors make and your listeners make, it's really your choice how you choose to view sales. And I, I view it as relationships and relevance. If you can build meaningful relationships and you can bring real value and relevance and impact, that's influence. That is sales, right? And in my mind. Now it's up to you how you choose to define sales. Mm-hmm. If you choose to define it in a very traditional kind of negative way, you're not going to be great at it. It's going to, you're going to struggle and it's going to be really hard. If you look at it, if you choose to frame it as, I almost like to think about it like I'm amplifying my impact. If I'm better at connecting with these people and developing some of the skills to help navigate a conversation, to help them to reframe, it's a lot of, and I have coaching background. I know you have coaching background and therapist background as well. So we're kind of trained to do this, but that is how you amplify your impact. If you want to amplify your impact, you have to work with more people or have more ability to influence more people. I really hope like at the end of the day, like big mission for me is to help people own what that means to them in hopefully a much more positive light and give them some of the tools and the skills to start to have success and that success breeds on itself but so it really and truly is that mindset if you believe you're just a financial planner or you're just an investment guy or gal then that's what's going to be the case and it's going to be really hard but we truly are selling every single day uh, whether we like it or not you might as well define what that means to you
0: own it and embrace it and be okay with it. Right? You said but sales equals influence. In our mind, sales is actually influence. And what Absolutely. we do obviously is help accelerate your influence because a lot of people in this just happened to me today. I a call showed up on my calendar, right? Cause people have access to my calendar. And I'm the sales guy here, right? Chief relationship officer is what we call <laughs> me because I don't it just sounded more fun than whatever else you could do. Sales guy or develop, whatever. The first thing this guy said was, I'm already sold. I understand what you guys do. They not only have been consuming our content, but after consuming their content, realized one of their advisors within their system was already using us they reached out to that advisor. That advisor told them about the experience in working with us. And this is a, they have 19 advisors. Oh, wow. More than one of them want to podcast. And so it was funny. I'm just I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, first off, I should have recorded that. And secondly, <laughs> that is what we do. We have done everything that Shauna says. So I'm going to wrap a couple of things up here and then I have one more question for you. But everything that Shauna teaches is. Not only applicable to the world of of marketing, podcasting, video, blogging, writing, anything that you're going to do, sales, cold calling, phone calls, any of those sorts of things, everything that she's talking about is the way that people want to buy today. And that's why I was so excited when we met after I watched your videos and we had our pre-call and I'm like, okay, this person's absolutely awesome because there is a new philosophy of sales. And I think you have embodied it. It is part of who you are and what makes you tick because people don't want to be sold to anymore. They want to buy from you. And the only way they're going to buy from you is if you influence and if you're ever present and omnipresent, giving them the good information, shutting up, listening to what they need, not what you think they need, Right. But what they actually need and that changes absolutely everything when here's my final question for you when you're helping somebody solidify their message how do you do that
1: it starts it has a few components so it starts with needs i literally just had a call earlier today with a client that i work with on a weekly basis and, and I had asked if most people, I shouldn't say most, a lot of advisors have personas created. Mm-hmm. I always ask to see them because I don't want to take for granted what exactly that means. It means different things to different people. I asked to see the personas and like literally everyone else I've ever asked, it was a description of a couple or a person and then the services that they would provide. I was like, OK, we need to pull out the needs because that's what we that's how you connect. So it starts by if you have persona, take it out. And I want you to ask yourself, what does this if I put myself in the client's shoes, what would they say they need? And then I would go further by asking why mm-hmm. so they say they need uh, legacy planning or tax optimization. The question is why like that? Yes, that is a need. But what is the, like, we're trying to get to the emotional need underneath. Is it that they want to have uh, security? They want to have confidence in their long-term success? Is that they want to freedom? Like, what is the underlying need? And then, you, of course, you still need to have the, the technical needs as well. But what are those needs? That's really important. So that's one. Two is their values.
0: Yeah.
1: When I talk to people about qualifying leads, one thing is advisors know, we all know very quickly when it's not a good fit. Like, I don't actually want to work with this person. It's not going to be a good fit, even if on paper it looks perfect. That's values. That's who do you want to work with? What are the sort of shared values that you have in order for you to really like provide what One, be able to sustainably provide what they need and meet their expectations, but two, to make it like a harmonious relationship. You want to enjoy working with your clients. So, what are their values? What are the things that matter? And again, those could be it could be things around trust, it could be around commitment to community or family, it could be just education. I mean, it really depends on your ideal clients. So, needs and then understand their values. Understand and define how are you, what's your approach? So how do you actually, what's the experience someone's going to have working with you? And then finally, it's services. What are you actually solving? What is, how are you solving their their needs? And there is a, a formula that I have that I help people start to piece this together But it typically starts with the high level needs. So, and again, we try to boil it down. We're not gonna have a list of 10. It's gonna be like one or two things that speak at a high level to what you're helping to solve, how you're doing that, and ultimately what's the outcome. So that's kind of high level of formula. Again, I have a worksheet, everyone does it differently, but at the end of the day, whatever you come up with, go, you better go out there and road test it because it might sound different when it comes out, you might end up figuring out you can articulate it through a story or through an example versus a traditional elevator pitch. There isn't a right or wrong. It has to feel right and has to articulate very clearly what you do, why, how someone should be feeling, who you're serving, and and really what's the impact? Why does it matter?
0: Yeah. Yeah the first four podcasts that an advisor does with us outlines all of those things and i just think it's great that you you walked us through basically not only our discovery process that we take our clients through to find out really you know, who their ideal client is and what their podcasts are going to be about and how we can coach them to be better behind the microphone and be more engaging. But it's also the first four podcasts because we want them to send those first four podcasts before sales really ever happens because then they can experience you. They do it in their downtime, in their quiet time. They get to hear the stories. What is your story? Who do you work with? Why is it important? Why are you different? All of that. So I absolutely love that. Okay. We will make sure that we have links to everything, but I want you to have a chance right now to number one, who should call you or contact you? And then what is the best way for them to reach out to you if they want to engage you in the training, that in coaching you provide?
1: I work with financial advisors. I love working with groups of financial advisors. That's even better. So like teams, because a lot of times that helps with getting consistency around the messaging and around the approach. Like sales process is something I do a lot of work around, mostly because that helps you be really intentional. And what I found is, A lot of times teams are all kind of doing their own thing um, and that makes it really hard to track and understand what's working, what's not working, where are we? So financial advisors, financial advisors, teams, and then really anyone who's serving financial advisors. So I have some corporate partners that they're providing, they want to be providing value add and development opportunities for their advisors. So those are the three big buckets that
0: I serve. Okay. And the best way for them to reach out to you?
1: And the best way for them to reach out to me would be via my website. So inspiregrowth.co.
0: Beautiful. We're going to make sure that we not only have that uh, link on the website, but a link to that free resource, right? So that uh, people can give you their email or do whatever. And then also, please, please, please follow Shauna on LinkedIn. Shauna, this was awesome. I'm so glad that I have the opportunity to meet people like you, to ask you questions, because this is the way, to quote the Mandalorian, for those of you who are nerdy enough to know what I'm talking about there, (laughs) uh, it is the way. And here's the thing is you can do it the old school way. But if you're trying to hit anybody under the age of boomers, it's not going to work. Yeah. And it's not going to be much fun. (laughs) It's not going to be fun. Yes. And you're going to not like going to work because you're going to get lots of no's because you're going to try to do the, what can I do to get you into that car today? Close instead of just shutting up, listening and influencing them and showing you that they should trust you enough to purchase from you. So Shauna, thank you for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much.
0: If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. That way, every time we come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And I know that there are people out there right now who are thinking, man, Jane sells like that and she's not liking her life right now. Please, 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 dear God, share this podcast with your friends to make sure that they can learn how to sell in the 21st century. This is the way, everybody. And if you don't change everybody's going to change around you and you're going to be left in the sand. So for Shauna and everybody here at Proudmouth, this is Matt Haller, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to learn more about how you can be your own loud, visit our website, read our blog posts, attend our educational webinars, and sign up for our new Influence Accelerator Academy, where you too can learn how to truly be an influencer in your space. Have a wonderful day.